Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share the journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life, to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go, make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. If you are a regular listener of One of a Kind You, thank you so much for taking the time to tune into another episode this week. I am so appreciative that you have decided to join us again. And if you are a new listener to One of a Kind You, welcome. I'm so excited that you took a stop by to check it out and see what it's all about. Uh, For my new listeners, the way that this podcast works is that I share a journal entry of mine from 2016, and then I reflect reflect on what I know now as a certified life coach and what I wish I had known then when I was going through my struggles. So today's episode, we're going to talk about overwhelm. We're going to talk about inner child issues. Um, there's a lot to talk about in this journal entry. So I am going to go ahead and get started. And this journal entry is from April 19th, 2016. And it goes like this. The past several days have been an absolute whirlwind because I've been working away on the 7712 rewrite. I started weeks ago, but haven't gotten a time management system in place, so I haven't been able to work on it as much as I had wanted. I got behind, and I'm also behind with Penn Foster. Focusing solely on the rewrite also puts me behind with grading. I've been pulling late nights since Thursday, and I am worn down. Despite this, I've made good progress with the rewrite. I am in the home stretch. The rewrite is also affecting my level of patience, I think because I feel overwhelmed and have so much to do. Casey has really been getting under my skin. I feel terrible being frustrated with her because she is only three. Sometimes it is hard when she asks the same questions over and over and she's under my feet. I think my reaction to these situations is a combination of all of my parents rolled into one. I certainly don't want that to be my reaction, so I need to be mindful and take notice so I can breathe through the frustration and react calmly. Hopefully, we can get out more now that the weather is breaking. Getting out to burn energy might help to eliminate the ping pong ball thing she is doing right now. I'm feeling tired, but have a ton to do, so I have to keep plugging along. So, um, this journal entry, if you're a regular listener, sounds very familiar, I'm sure, because this was the common struggle that I had at that time, managing work, um, managing being home with Casey, managing getting the kids to after school activities and all of those things and there just never felt like enough minutes in the day and I can say now that life is different in some regards and there are times where it still feels like there are not enough minutes in the day and so really I was overwhelmed because I was taking on too much I took on so just a little um history there is that at this time I was teaching part-time at Wilmington University which is a local Um, university near um, the community where I live and I was teaching part-time so I was teaching two graduate level courses I was teaching 7712 which was curriculum development and then I was also teaching differentiated instruction I don't even remember the course number anymore but it's not important so I was doing that and then at this time I was also going to an online institution called Penn Foster to get my dog obedience certificate um, because they're the dog trainer that I took my dogs to was looking for a trainer and I really loved um, taking my dogs to obedience and I took Franklin to agility and he loved that and I loved doing agility with him so um, as I was trying to find myself after leaving my teaching career of being a kindergarten teacher 
and not loving teaching at Wilmington University, but continued to do it because I didn't know how to say no. I thought, oh my gosh, you know, being a dog trainer is going to be the thing that's it. And I have my dog training certification. I love training dogs, but not as much as I love working with my own dogs. So, um, so it's a journey. But anyway, so 7712 refers to the course that I was teaching, which was curriculum development. And the course would have been designed initially but then with course evaluation surveys and student feedback, changes were being made in isolation, but not collectively. So the course was very repetitive some weeks, and it was kind of all over the place. And the student feedback counted against us as course instructors. So I, for me, that wasn't working. I did not want to get flagged or criticized or anything like that for a course that I didn't create. And, um, and I saw what needed to be fixed. And so I asked my department chair if I could do it, taking it on, not really wanting to do it, but knowing that I could do it. Um, and so she said, sure. And so this, um, in my mind, when I asked to do it, I didn't think it would be as an extensive as a process as it was. I thought I would get it done in a week, two max, couple hours here, a couple hours there, and that was not the case. It ended up taking me I probably eight weeks to rewrite this course, aligning it because I had research to do about different course textbooks that could be used in place of the one that we were using, presenting. It took a lot longer than I was expecting, and then I had to get all of it approved by my department chair and then make any changes that she wanted, and so... Trying to do that, plus at this point I was still teaching um, at Wilmington University, so I was in the middle of a, a block, so I had a course of students, probably with 10 to 15 students enrolled, and I think I might have just been teaching differentiated instruction at this point, so I was rewriting 7712, but regardless, so I'm trying to do my Penn Foster coursework to get my certification, I'm trying to rewrite a graduate level course and I'm teaching graduate level students and I have a three-year-old home with me and I have a first grader who um, has after school activities. So it was just way too much on my plate, way too much. And instead of eliminating things or prioritizing myself and then Casey and then Wilmington University, I had it backwards. I prioritized Wilmington University, then Casey, then me. And so it was just way too much. And then with my husband's schedule, so I just felt like I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off and it was exhausting. And I didn't know how to manage my time before taking on the course, right? And the Penn Foster certification, because I didn't see myself as someone who was organized with their time. I've always been, um, late for things, although I'm working on it and tardiness is a goal and I've been doing much better with being prompt. Um, but there have been times where I've been a huge procrastinator. And so all of those things were factoring in. So since I consider myself a procrastinator and a person who was tardy, creating a time management system was just one more thing to add to the to-do list that was going to take up my time because I was going to take the time to research the to-do list time management system. So, but the bigger issue isn't that it's time management per se, it's that it's recognizing what's important and what isn't and 
and prioritizing that. And so for me, where I was in this stage, it wasn't about making myself a priority. It was making sure that everyone else was happy. And then at the end, I was miserable and exhausted. And it was really frustrating because I had Casey home with me and I wanted it to be a positive experience, not just for her, but for me as well. I wanted it to be... Um, this thing that she would remember and I honestly at this point she's nine don't know if she remembers being home with me really at the age of three but I was also going through a huge healing journey at this time and I was learning how I was you know affected by childhood emotional neglect and I was very focused on inner child work and all I could think was that my dysfunction my struggles were going to create a wounded inner child inside of my children and I did not want my children to have wounded inner children. So I put this immense amount of pressure on myself to be this perfect patient mom that never lost her patience, that never got frustrated, that always had it together. And when that didn't happen, that was devastating for me because I felt like an epic failure. But I wanted so much, plus two, I, I wanted to be this you know good mom, this nurturing mom, um, and I think that was like this idealized vision that I had in my head because I didn't see myself as such. And I looked at all the other moms that I knew and I saw them in a way that I didn't see myself. And so I didn't really, in my mind, measure up as a mom. And so it was just really hard. And I looked back and it was like, okay, I could see how my stepmom reacted to me and then I was now projecting that onto Casey, how my own mom my dad, my stepdad, and I didn't want to do that because I knew that that was the creation of a wounded inner child. But I also had to realize that I had unrealistic expectations for myself in terms of what a mom looked like, sounded like, acted like. It was just unrealistic to think that I would never get frustrated or never lose my patience was completely insane because it just wasn't true. But I also had to, you know, give myself, it is annoying when you have a kid asking you the same questions over and over and over and over when you've given them an answer. And so it was really just finding a way to make my time with Casey less overwhelming. And part of that would have been to not try to focus on Wilmington University stuff during the day, not trying to focus on Penn's foster stuff during the day because I knew that trying to do those things during the day and then them not happening was really what was frustrating for me and was really what made things feel overwhelming. So if I could just recognize, you know what, Kim, during the day, it's not going to happen. What can you do during the day that's going to make you a priority and Casey a priority? The Wilmington University work, the Penn Foster work will have to fall into a different place. Now, whether that was me saying to my husband when he gets home from work, you know, after you're home, you're settled, we've eaten dinner, I need you to do bath and bedtime alone while I do this stuff. Or, and I can say, oh, I could have gotten up an hour earlier in the morning, but I'm not a morning person, so that was not going to happen. But just recognizing that, you know, I needed to give myself options and I didn't. I was trying to take on the weight of the world and I was trying to do that because in my mind that made me important that made me successful that made me not a failure it made me a good wife a good mom it it was how I was seeking my value and my worth but at the end of the day I was really tearing myself down and I wasn't recognizing my worth because I wasn't listening to my body I did this regularly I was always tired always drained 
always burn out, always run down, and not listening to my body, it exacerbated the problem of being overwhelmed, frustrated, and exhausted because I didn't have energy to manage Casey. I didn't have energy to take care of myself, and I didn't have energy to do the other things, the Wilmington University work, the Penn Foster work. And so it was just this perpetual down spiral of exhaustion and frustration. And because I wasn't making myself a priority, it was just continuing and continuing and continuing. And the first step was to making myself a priority is to actually stop and listen to my body. My upset stomach, my lack of energy, the headaches, all of those things were huge signs that were saying, Kim, you can't keep doing this. You have to slow down. You have to stop people pleasing. You have to stop trying to take on the weight of the world and carry it on your back. You can't do it. It was not sustainable. And so, and recognizing to the reason for that. So it's easy to say, oh, stop the people pleasing. Stop trying to carry the weight of the world on your shoulder. But if you don't recognize why you're doing it, it was a pattern. This pattern of not prioritizing myself was A, a pattern. B, pattern was losing my patience and being frustrated with Casey. And then the third pattern was to say yes to all of these things and overwhelm myself. And so running those three unserving patterns at the same time, it's no wonder I wasn't overwhelmed. It was no wonder I was frustrated. It's no wonder I was exhausted. But the root, the reason I ran these three problems, it goes back to the root cause of feeling unworthy. It goes back to the belief of feeling like a failure for not making it in my teaching career for more than six years. It goes back to the belief of not being lovable because of things that other people had told me in previous relationships. And so, and it was learned behavior too. I saw the same behavior from my mom. And so, you know, perpetuating those messages that I learned, having that realization, having that awareness of why I was running the patterns, what they were giving me. So the pattern of, you know, not prioritizing myself met the need of being significant because I could do it with myself and, you know, oh, I don't matter. No one cares about me. But I could also play the significance piece with my husband and say, I don't matter to you. You don't care about me. You only care about yourself. And so in that moment, I was getting significance, but I was also getting connection. I was getting the um, certainty from it. And so it was meeting my needs at a very high level in a very unserving way, as was being frustrated with Casey. Same needs. And then also saying yes to way too many things. Same needs. And so that's why I was running these patterns. It was meeting my emotional needs at a very high level. But it wasn't contributing in a, I'll say, a serving way. And I definitely wasn't um, growing on some level running these patterns because it was keeping me stuck in this exhausted state of being and so recognizing why I was running the patterns how it was meeting my emotional needs that was really the key then but I didn't know any of this at that point and if I had been able to figure out the root cause for the patterns and the emotional then I could change the pattern 
and I could still meet those needs, but I could just do it in a different way that's more serving that would also allow me to contribute in a way that is fulfilling and that feels aligned with who I am, but also allows me to grow into a person that's a better version of myself. So um, if you are wondering if you can resonate and you see yourself in my journey of being overwhelmed and taking on too much, the first step is prioritizing yourself. And you're probably thinking, how? How in the world do I do that when I have kids to take care of, you know, a job to manage, a house to take care of, a house to manage, errands to run, all of those things. And it just starts with something very small. It's, you know, giving yourself 15 minutes in the morning to sit in silence and meditate. It's giving yourself a half an hour at night to soak in the tub. It's buying a shower melt and putting in the shower and just standing there and letting the warm water run over you. But it's also allowing yourself to be able to say no to things and to be okay with it. So I hope you found this episode helpful. If you did, please feel free to share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Also, if you would be so kind and leave a review, I would be so appreciative. I read all the reviews to make sure that I'm giving you exactly what you're looking for on this podcast. And I hope to see you next week for another episode of One of a Kind You. Thanks so much for tuning in.